Welcome back to another Bastards postseason edition. We have basically one matchup left. That is the World Series and a very unexpected matchup. I, if anybody nailed this matchup, they've probably won a lot of money in Vegas. They're probably informing their employers that they are retiring and they will not be in next week because what's the point? We've got the Texas Rangers versus the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm personally a little bummed. I, you know, I, I went all in on the Phillies, started chugging the, the Phillies punch, pumped up Dave Dombrowski pretty good, and uh, the party is over. So um, with us tonight, Charlie is actually DMing me right now, so uh, we weren't sure if he's going to be with us. He may jump in. If you hear a ding-dong, that's Charlie coming in. But for now, we will start with Cody. So... Uh, Who's it going to be? Who's it going to be in this very unlikely matchup? Terry, I think you nailed it right on the head, right? If you if you looked at the season at the very beginning, I don't think anybody was putting any bets on on the Rangers, the Diamondbacks. I mean, these two teams couldn't have been built more differently, right? Diamondbacks did it through the draft, through, you know, uh, low money acquisitions where Texas went out and, and spent all the money in the world between those Simeon and Seeger and um, other contracts of the like, but you know, it's, it's very refreshing that we're here, right? You know, the past couple of years, obviously the Astros have been on a crazy run. The Dodgers have been on a crazy run. I think it's, you know, the first, uh, world series since 2017 that hasn't featured either one of those teams. And it's just nice to have a world series where there's no, no real agenda. Uh, I wanted to mention Yankees as another team that people either, you know, love or hate, but they haven't even been close enough to the world series to, to talk about it. Um, you know, we barely got here with these teams coming out of the uh, championship series to begin with. I think a lot of us picked an Astros Phillies or, you know, maybe Astros Diamondbacks if they were feeling the vibes. And, uh, you know, I, I, I fully bought in on, on Arizona, but I don't think they've got enough to, to take the World Series here. I think the, the Texas team is just a little bit too deep. Uh, the bullpen, as shaky as it is, um, I don't think is really going to factor in as good as um, – you know, Kelly and Merrill have been and, and fought for that matter. I think the lineup of, of Simeon and Seeger and Garcia and Lowe and, you know, you have big game Nate who has been just nails in the postseason as well as Scherzer and Gray. Uh, you know, I know Scherzer's looked a little bit rocky, but I think the front end of these games are just going to be a little bit too much for Arizona to handle. Um, you know, Arizona's strength is in their resiliency and, and their bullpen, but I don't think that's really going to make a difference. Uh, you know, you saw Texas put Houston to bed early and often, and I think that's going to be a trend that we continue to see in this World Series. So for me, I got Texas in six, um, but I'm happy either way, man. This is this is a new World Series champion. This is, you know, two teams that we haven't seen here in, in a long time. I think it's been, you know, 10 and 20 years, respectively, between Texas and, and Arizona since either one of them has reached this point. So I think we can sit back, embrace the chaos, watch, you know, hopefully five, six, seven great games of baseball with a lot of drama. Um, credit to Ginkle for what he did to Philadelphia in the seventh and eighth inning. That was electric. I just want to give a shout out to that guy. But ultimately, I think Texas takes it. Next is Jason. So first of all, I'm very excited for this matchup. And I think if you're not excited. If you're like the mad dog Russo's of the world, then you just have 
a big dump in your pants. Um, he infamously said that he would retire on the spot if the Arizona Diamondbacks made it through to the World Series. Obviously, he's going to walk that back. He's not going to give up his gig uh, over a comment like that. Um, but I, I think this is still just as exciting. I know the Phillies are an exciting team, but you know I think you've got Arizona, who hasn't won in 20-plus years. They have an exciting young core that's going to be here for a long time. Um, you know, they're going to be a force in the NL West as much as the Dodgers will continue to spend. The Padres will always be looking to shake things up. The Giants will always be looking to get back in there. Um, they just hired their new manager recently. But Arizona has that young core they've been building for a long time. These guys are going to be around. This won't be their their first dance um, or their last dance, rather, I should say. So I'm excited that they made it there. Texas, obviously. Good story with them. They did spend a lot of money, but nobody really believed in them. It was, you know, everyone anointed the Astros, including myself and, and you know, a couple of others uh, on here on this podcast. Like, it's just hard to bet against the Astros in that division. And Texas proved a lot of people wrong with the way that they did it, the way that they were aggressive in spending. They were aggressive at the deadline and they made it here. So it's going to be a great matchup. Um I, I think Arizona has a lot of momentum going in with just the fact that their pitching has been so much better than I think any of us thought it would be. You know, I, going in, as much as they were sort of my my team that I was rooting for, I admitted, you know, a couple episodes ago, I said, it's Zach Galen, and then who do you got? But Merrill Kelly has been lights out. Brandon Fott has turned into kind of, into kind of like a postseason story. He's been pitching very well. And their offense is putting up a lot more runs than I thought they would. Um, they kind of have that sort of chain offense where one guy gets on base and they've got a lot of athleticism, a lot of speed. They'll steal bases. They'll put pressure on the pitcher. And it's, you know, they're not going to do it by hitting bombs every other at bat. They're very different from Philly in that regard where they don't need the big home run ball. They just kind of chain together some offense with speed and clutch hitting. Um Texas tends to go for the long ball. You know, Adolis Garcia is having the postseason of his life right now. Um, he's absolutely on fire. He's putting his name on the map. He's putting his team on the map. And you forget that, like, he's probably not even the best player on that offense. He's still got Corey Seager there. You still have, you know, Nathaniel Lowe, who's an incredible hitter. Jonah Heim, their catcher, is a great hitter. Marcus Simeon is a great hitter. So their offense can pop at a moment's notice. And you know, as much as Arizona's pitching has really impressed me with, you know, just how much they've stepped up this postseason, I just don't know if that's going to be sustainable against this kind of offense. This Texas Rangers offense is really dangerous, one through nine, and um, they, they get the clutch hits when they need to. Their pitching is pretty solid. Um, you know, Ivaldi is, you know, having a great postseason so far. Scherzer, I'm a little bit worried about if I'm a Rangers fan. He hasn't pitched great in his postseason appearances, but again, it's the World Series. Sometimes guys just pull one out of the hat, you know, when they really need to. And Scherzer's been around long enough. He's a future Hall of Famer. You can pretty much bet that if he pitches or when he pitches in the World Series, he's going to deliver a great game. So ultimately, I'm going to go with the Texas Rangers, and it kind of kills me to do that. I wanted to pick Arizona so badly, but I just think the Rangers' offense combined with their frontline pitching is going to get them through. And then, you know, the tiebreaker for me is I look at the managers. I love Torrey Lavolo 
I, I've loved him since when he was here in Boston. Love what he's doing out there in Arizona. But you're going up against Bruce Bochy. You know, he's got three rings on his hand, and that's not by accident. So I just think that Bochy's been to the dance. He knows what to expect. He knows how to get his team ready. Lavolo, you know, he's he's a little bit unfamiliar in this situation. So I think it'll be a tight series. I think it's going to go six, maybe even seven. But I'm going to take the Texas Rangers to win the World Series. Nick. You stole my thunder on that one, Jason. I was going to mention Bruce Bochy as the big storyline of experience. We saw very early in this playoff run with the Baltimore Orioles in particular with their series. They, it wasn't a series. There was very little experience. And we have seen many times that the person or the manager, at least, that has the calling card, that has the credentials, that has the rings, that's been there to this dance, is the one that typically gets, gets, this, gets this done. I am looking at the Rangers as being the World Series champion, and that's not even because I'm the biggest fan of theirs. I actually like the underdog story a lot. I like the Diamondbacks. I like the whole Tori Lovello and some of these other guys, Merrill Kellys of the Worlds, even Evan Longoria. He's not really doing much, but still, it's these underdog mentality kind of players that I think makes it very easy to root for a team from there. The other thing I also want to mention is for the first time since 2017, we are having a World Series without the Astros or without the Dodgers. That's six years, folks. That is wild that this has been this long of this much of a dominance force with the Dodgers and the Astros being a part of the World Series. So to have two teams that are different in this Final two, you know, final World Series games that are here is going to be pretty special to see a team that hasn't won it, you know, and well, the Diamondbacks haven't won it since 2001. The Rangers, I don't even think I could tell you exactly off the top of my head when the last time that they had it. So I am looking at the Rangers to get this done. I'm a big fan of Nate Evaldi. That was a guy I did not want anything to do with leaving the Red Sox. I get it. He came back home to the Rangers and everything. Reports came out there was a three-year something deal that was done, and he he turned it down to come back home to the Rangers. So we're seeing why Nate Evaldi is big game Nate. He's got it done from so many chances there. But the Rangers are just so so much more stacked with the star power between the starting pitching, the offense. I think the Rangers are going to get this done. I actually think this could be done in five games. I think it's going to be – the Rangers taking it to the distance and getting it done. Man. Uh, so I've picked against the Rangers every single round. I thought the Rays were going to beat them. I thought the Orioles were going to beat them. And uh, I thought the Astros were going to beat them. I've picked against the Diamondbacks two out of three times. I thought the Brewers were going to beat them. And I thought the Phillies were going to beat them. I did have the Diamondbacks beating the Los Angeles Dodgers. And the interesting thing here about um, these two teams is one of them is very analytics driven, and that's the Diamondbacks. As Micah pointed out on a on a recent show, 
Brandon fought had 18 batters and it didn't didn't matter how many innings how many outs he was only facing 18 batters Merrill Kelly was cruising through five innings and was taken out of the game and he was pissed he was very upset about being taken out uh, and so that's the Diamondbacks you got a very old school you know mindset with the Texas Rangers and a guy like Bruce Bochy who just kind of manages it through feel, through instinct. Ironically, one of the two times the Rangers went to the World Series, 2010, Bruce Bochy was in the other dugout. So they went back the next year and faced the Cardinals. I forget. I think that was Tony La Russa actually opposing uh, um, the Rangers that time. But, um, but yeah, I mean... Well over a decade later, here's Bruce Bochy, his first season back, already in the World Series. I mean, I and I always say Francona is the greatest manager of this, um, you know, of this century. I think it's it's Bochy now, win or lose. I think you got to give it to him. So uh, it's tough. I'm still struggling with my prediction. I said as recently as 15 minutes ago. Um, I really don't know who, who I'm picking here. Um, it's, I trust the pitching of the Diamondbacks more. I trust the offense of, of the Rangers more. I do think the Diamondbacks have enough to, to get it done. I mean, Alec Thomas has came out of nowhere Gabriel Moreno has been awesome at the catcher position. Corbin Carroll is everything we've been waiting for with Mookie Betts, and he's doing it in his first postseason run. Just absolutely killing it, living up to the moment. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel also um, having a decent postseason. I, I said in the last show, wouldn't mind the Red Sox targeting him this winter. Uh, Cattell Marte has been a very reliable bat uh, over the last several years, and uh, it's good to see him finally getting a shot. Uh, Geraldo Perdomo. Tommy Pham can be one of those aging veterans that wins the World Series MVP out of nowhere, like Steve Pierce did, and Edgar Renteria, uh, you know, who did that for Bruce Bochy, I think, in 2010. Um, Christian Walker has had a quiet postseason. There are some bats in that lineup that can get it done. Texas, far more explosive. You know, you've got, uh, you know, Adolis Garcia, uh, Corey Seager. I'm still waiting for Marcus Simeon to have that real explosive statement uh, in the postseason. He's um, hasn't had a good postseason, uh, especially defensively. Um you know, I, I think the starting pitching is is even. I've got the Rangers offense uh, a little bit better than than Arizona's, but the bullpen. I just you know with Ginkle and, and Sewold, there's there's been no better one two punch in the postseason. I've I've just talked myself into it as I've gone along. I'm gonna I'm gonna be the only one uh, to pick the the Arizona Diamondbacks. I will say this: I, I'm really conflicted with that though. 
because I'm anti analytics to the extreme. I don't want to see it. I'm, I'm hoping that's not what the Craig Breslow era will, will end up like in Boston. Um, but on the other hand, you've got some, some big Boston connections there, you know, between Lavello and, and Hazen. So, um, so I, I think the Diamondbacks are going to do it. Um, this has been a postseason that has not made any sense whatsoever. Nobody, well, I I did have the the Diamondbacks winning the third wild card. I can't sit here and say that I was beaming with confidence when I made that pick. Um, but I, I knew it was a long shot, and I figured Texas was a long shot, and that was to start the season. Go back just two and a half weeks, and I'm still telling you these two teams are extreme long shots to get it done, yet here they are. So it hasn't made sense so far, and I don't uh, I don't necessarily expect the outcome to uh, make a ton of sense as well. So there we have it. Charlie uh, was said he would be in, but um, hasn't uh, hasn't done it. Let's let's do this to to extend it a little more. Cody, give me a World Series MVP. Oh, um, not not hard yeah. on the spot, right? Uh, as ballsy as I was to go Rangers Diamondbacks out of the championship series, I think I'm going to go a little bit more mainstream here. I think because I picked the Rangers to win, I got to go Garcia in six. Or not Garcia in six. Garcia is the uh, the MVP. Um, uh, also to note, if anybody has a little extra time and wants to hop on Twitter, Zach Allen has been tweeting his way throughout the day, uh, just chirping the crap out of the Phillies fans. And it has been quite entertaining. Uh, so that'll make it for, for a spicy world series, but for MVP, I like Garcia for the Rangers. So if I'm going to pick a world series MVP, Garcia is definitely a good choice. He's just on a heater right now. That guy's a menace at the plate. Um, but I'm going to go with the guy that I think is more experienced. And I, I still think overall is a better player. I think Corey Seager is going to be your world series MVP. I think he's going to go off in the world series. Um, I just think that he's, he's just the best all round player on that team. And eventually those guys just kind of shine through, you know, when the Red Sox won their world series, especially in the later years, it was David Ortiz who was just like, yeah, I'm the best player on this team. I'm going to hit 500. You can't get me out. And I'm going to be a menace every time I go up there. I think that'll be Corey Seager in this series. And I do think Garcia will also have an incredible series. I think he's he's just going to continue his momentum. But that's what I'm kind of looking at. That's why, again, like I went with the Rangers. I think that one-two punch of those two guys is going to be too much for Arizona to handle. So... I will take Corey Seager as my World Series MVP. Nick, give us an MVP. Yeah, just to be painful for Red Sox Nation, I, I'm going to go with Nate Evaldi. I got to go for big game Nate. Here's a guy that had all the accolades and everything has just gone right in his world with delivering clutch performances, time in and time out. The guy is just a workhorse. I would not be surprised in the least bit if this guy – Gets that big trophy and actually brings it probably back to Boston. Let the Boston fans enjoy it too, because that's just how much of a class act he is. So I I would expect Nate Evaldi to continue his dominance and 
propel the Rangers to another series or to their first World Series. I'll be honest with you, Nick. I I actually love that pick a lot, and uh, the reason I do is because he's probably going to start one of the first couple of games. Um, you know, so he'll probably get two starts if it goes deep, and you know he'll. That's what be I was thinking too. He'll be coming out of that bullpen if if that's what Bruce Bochy needs. So I could see him being an extremely vital guy on that Rangers staff. Uh, the guy I'm going with, because uh, I picked the Diamondbacks, I'm going a, a starting pitcher as well. I'm going to say Merrill Kelly. I, I think he's going to have a bit of a chip on his shoulder. He'll probably be starting game two. I know Zach Gallon has been um, already named as the game one starter, and Gallon hasn't been super great uh, so far. Uh, and I, I'll, if I'm being completely honest, I, I don't know if I love that Texas lineup against him, but I think this it's been the the Merrill Kelly and Brandon Fott show. I, I think Kelly has a, a bit of a longer leash and he's had a great year. I mean, he was he was basically the ace of the, you know, Team America WBC team. He, you know, went on to have a, a pretty solid uh, year as, as a as a starter in that Diamondbacks rotation. So. Uh, he's he's gonna be my pick, uh, so I, I have to go starting pitcher there. I, I you know it, it doesn't happen often, but I, I wouldn't be shocked if if one of the Diamondbacks relievers gets it as well. In in that series uh, against the Phillies, um, they had to hold a one run lead twice, and then the, w- one of their other wins uh, was only a two run lead. So they've been holding pretty narrow leads. The last time I remember uh, anyone being an MVP out of a bullpen was actually Koji Uihara. Maybe it's happened since then, but that's the last time I remember it. He held three one-run leads uh, against the Detroit Tigers um, and just totally annihilated them. So anyway, so I wouldn't be shocked. But Texas might smoke him four to nothing because I, I picked the Diamondbacks. Well, and, and here's here's another question for you guys. If if the Rangers win, is Bruce Bochy the greatest manager of the modern era? Because I was just looking it up and he'd be tied with Joe Torre for four World Series wins. The only guys ahead of him were there's only three managers with one more, Joe McCarthy. Casey Stengel, Connie Mack. Those guys all managed in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. When there were fewer teams, you know, it, it was a little bit different then. He would then be he would leapfrog Larusa and he'd be tied with Tory with four. So if Bochi wins another one, is he the greatest manager of the modern era? I mean, I think you'd have to say yes, right? Like Tory got his on the back of some of the the best built teams that we've ever seen, right? Those Yankees were, were an absolute wagon. And even when he was with the giants, like those were good teams. Those were solid teams for sure. But you were getting contributions up and down the lineup from guys that you wouldn't necessarily count on going into the postseason, right? Obviously Kane, Lincecum, Sandoval at the time, Posey are all great players, but you know, was it what Sergio Romo was at the closer? Like I can't even, I can't even think of, you know, it was, it was Romo for one. It was Brian Wilson for a couple. Correct. That's yeah. Right. And the beard. But I mean, that's what we're saying, right? You know, it's now granted you're incredible at the immaculate grid, 
but it's not it's not names that you can necessarily think of. Whereas you know, you look at the, some of those Yankee teams, right? We could see it all day, being like, "Oh, that guy was on there too. That guy was on there too. That guy came off the bench, right?" You know, unbelievable rosters that that Tory was able to benefit from. Not taking anything away from Tory, you know, it, it is an incredible achievement to win a championship, and let alone three in a row, right? I mean, so many things have to break the right way, go the right way for you to win a championship. But I think if you were to look at the building blocks, Bochi has done at this point, if he wins, you know, this year, equal with less than what Torrey had, in my opinion. And he was able to win with Pablo Sandoval. Let's think about that. I mean, <laughs> that's why the Red Sox got him. It's because he was the three-time champion. They wanted that. They wanted it. It blew up in their face, literally and figuratively. <laughs> but... um I, I would agree with you, Jason, on this point. And I think we were trending in that territory of former Red Sox manager and Indians manager. It was Terry Francona. But Francona's only got the two. And it's painful to kind of say it. I still think he can get into the Hall of Fame from everything. But when you count the amount of rings and everything here, with the potential for this to be the fourth for Bruce Bochy, how can you go wrong? I mean, he put everything together with the talent and everything in front of him. Tip of the cap to to him and everything. And this is why he wanted to come back to the game. He retired for a bit, got a opportunity from the Rangers where how I mean, how could you pass that up? How could you pass it up? So that's why I think that I think we'll be seeing number four for him. And I, I do. So you guys mentioned Sandoval. He was actually the World Series MVP in 2014, Joke. if I'm not mistaken. And, and and then we signed him, uh, you know, mm. several weeks later. He uh, rolled his way to Fenway Park. Yeah. A, a couple of things to consider <laughs> here. The first 60 or 70 years of the of the World Series was just that, the World Series. There was no league championship series round. There was no divisional round. There was no wild card rounds. I think it was maybe late 60s, early 70s when the the two LCS rounds were put in, you know, for each league you know, and then the winner of each met in the World Series. So, and you, you go back to Joe Torrey's era, there was the divisional round. So you had to, you had to win three playoff matchups essentially to win a championship. Uh, the, and then with regard to Terry Francona, he, you know, he had the historic win, you know, the curse reversing win. And then, you know, three years later with an absolute wagon, uh, won it, uh, in, in 2007, I will say, and I've said it for a while, I really believe the 2016 world series run he had, he, he lost it in extra innings in game seven, but I think that was his finest performance. He, all he had was Corey Kluber uh, Trevor Bauer for part of it. He did, uh, he did get his finger caught in a, in a, <laughs> um, in a drone. Uh, and then you had a couple of spot starters in there that, you know, weren't really guys you would want, you know, starting postseason games and he got to extra innings in game seven. So I've said up till now, I, I really think he's the greatest of this century of the 21st century. I'm going to, I will give it to Bochi now. And what's interesting about Bochi is of all the playoff bursts he's ever had, I think he's only actually got in by winning the division one time. Three out of those four years, he was just barely hanging on. 
just barely hanging on and one yeah and he did have to the 2014 one or maybe it was 2012 he had to win the one game wild card uh against the pirates i think it was um but so he he's his path to the playoffs has never been like it's never been one of dominance but as soon as he gets into the playoffs the switch gets flipped and and they win it all they 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 win it all and i don't i don't remember i don't remember the giants ever really being the favorite in any of those world series going into it you know they weren't necessarily written off but they weren't the the teams we were thinking would go so i'll give it i'll give it to bochi and when he came back i'm like what a joke why would you pick texas of all teams why would that be your team now you know they just gave a joke of a contract to jake Degrom that's already blown up in in their face i didn't think the avaldi deal would work and it wasn't looking like it was working in the second half but he flipped the switch um i don't know it's just it just hasn't you know the john daniels era i i don't think he was a very good general manager he had that you know he he had those few years where they went to the world series, but all the moves after that, they struggled with pitching. They made terrible trades. Um, they never had a very good farm. And, uh, when he dropped out of the Red Sox front office race, I was like, thank God. Cause he was close to the bottom of my list. But, um, but they've proved, they've proved me wrong every, every round so far. So we'll see any final thoughts. No, just, I mean, John Daniels, yeah, he made a lot of bad moves. He did, was he the guy? He got Adolis Garcia for a song from the St. Louis so. Cardinals. Yeah. So give him credit for that one, but I agree. Yeah, otherwise, it was a bit of a mess there for a while. They they cleaned it up the last two years, but I agree. It, Bochi taking that job, I was shocked too, but it's worked out. So I mean, to him. he could have went back to the Padres probably if he wanted to. And, I'm sure yeah. they'd want him now. <laughs> Well, Preller somehow is on his fifth manager, so ridiculous. I I don't know how many GMs ever get that luxury. Um, the other thing I was going to say on the John Daniels front is, wasn't he the GM that actually turned down the whole John Lester, Manny Ramirez, that whole deal, or something something along those lines? No, that was back then. So you're talking oh, about the, the A Rod deal, right? No, uh, something with John Lester. Was that the one with um? Yeah, that was the. A-Rod was he a deal. part of that? He and I think Manny possibly. Okay. What was going to happen? Now I got to look it up. That's a throwback I, for me because I don't. Yeah, I I, 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 I thought I remembered him being associated with some sort of deal that was there, and the Rangers turned it down, and we got stuck with you know keeping Manny Ramirez, which is not a bad idea. If it's what I'm thinking, um, let's see who was going to go in that deal. I got it. I've got a article up right. I thought now. it was Manny and John Lester to be packaged for. I don't think it was a Rod. I thought it was something else. Rodriguez. Oh, come on. That's going to bother me. I cannot end the show without. Uh... Sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to date it back and I'm trying to remember. Yeah, exactly The full what that scope. Was. This is the Red Sox and the Rangers. The full scope of the trades had been hammered out had the 27-year-old Rodriguez going from Texas to Boston in exchange okay. for 31-year-old Manny Ramirez 
pitching prospect uh, John Lester, and uh, and then in cash. Oh, and so Nomar Garcia Para would have went to the White Was Sox. Was the White Sox from Maglio or Dornias? Yes. So a okay. massive trade. Okay. So what happened here? It wasn't that the the trade was agreed upon. All parties wanted the trade, but what what ended up uh you know nixing it was the players union because the Red Sox wouldn't pay all of Rodriguez's contract which was 275 was million 275 million in 2004 that's a massive contract in 2023 so mm-hmm. so what happened was A-Rod had agreed to take less money like he was going to get paid less money and a certain portion of his contract was going to go away in exchange for his likeness. So he was going to get money from like merchandise and they had a creative way to essentially give him all that money anyway, uh, despite it not coming from his, his current contract. And the reason the players union uh, ended up nixing it was because they thought it would set a bad precedent. So like they didn't want other players in the future feeling pressured to take less money to help facilitate mm-hmm. a trade. And th- this is what's so hilarious about it. Everybody thought the deal was going to happen. And uh, Kevin Millar was on Sports Center or something giving an interview. I'm pretty sure it was ESPN. And they asked him, they said, yep. they said, who do you want on your team? A-Rod or Nomar? And he said very candidly, he goes, we'll take A-Rod. And then it never happened. He was stuck with Nomar. A little bit awkward there. Nomar pouted. Yeah. And Nomar got traded later on that year anyway for Orlando Cabrera and I think someone else. But but that was a a unique moment in uh, baseball history. There's a... I'll never never forget, though, a 13-year-old me, when I saw the GMs and following all the things along, I'm like, yes, that John Daniels bastard. He didn't get him. So we were all happy when we were were kids. Like, yep, Nomar's staying. Manny's still here. (laughs) I I was kind of excited for it, but the the real tragedy wasn't wasn't that it didn't... It didn't come to fruition. It was baseball. No, the yeah. tragedy was the Yankees swooped in and got got A-Rod. And they were saying, no, we don't want A-Rod. We got Aaron Boone, which is nuts. I mean, Aaron Boone wasn't terrible, but <laughs> he wasn't right. A-Rod. But Aaron Boone blows out his knee. So, And yeah. then and then the, the stipulation that the Yankees had to work past was A-Rod was a shortstop at that point. So they had to get A-Rod to agree to third base because they're like, we're not taking Derek Jeter off a shortstop. So... Yeah, there's a John Daniels. Look at this John Daniels guy has done. (laughs) Yeah, might be the only time in my life where I say thank God for the players union (laughs) that that didn't go through. Yeah, yeah, they thought it would set a bad precedent, and um, you know they they want the players to have all the power, and um, you know it's the most powerful union in the world, really. (laughs) So. All right. Well, I um, I asked you guys to to stretch this out. I, I thought we might have a problem filling twenty minutes where it was just one matchup. We went thirty five. So, uh, very entertaining show, and uh, we'll be back to um, discuss what really did happen. And I think we'll we'll come back again to rehash our preseason picks. So I think that'll just be four of us. Nick, were you on that show or no? 
I don't think you were. I think on the YouTube show I was, okay. yes, but not uh, not on the initial. Yeah, and uh, Andrew, obviously, no longer with us, but um, but yeah. So those are two shows for sure coming up, yeah. and um, we'll see if anything else develops uh, with the Red Sox. We still need a pitching coach. We still need uh, a number two under Craig Breslow. Uh, he will be the chief baseball officer. That is his title. Um, that came out after last night's show. So, uh, so plenty on the horizon and, uh, hope everyone enjoys the world series starting on Friday and, uh, have a great rest of your week. Take care.